It was exactly three o'clock when he stood at the top of the stairway above the lion court. A lot of people were milling and shoving in front of the cages, a noisy crowd that made the lions nervous. They were awake now, pacing their cells, and the leopards were awake, and the jaguars. In the center cage, the streak-maned lion put his head to the floor and coughed. Behind him, the lioness waited, tense. The lion curved a paw around one of the bars, and some of the people clapped their hands. Others whistled. Several looked at their watches. Kemper, who was starting to smile again, watched the crowd. There was Al, his camera, and his wife, close to the center cage. The two teenage boys were near them. The little boy and his father were there, and many others that Mr. Kemper was glad to see. Hands clasped behind him. He stood looking down on them. Suddenly he felt powerful bonds clamp onto his mind. Turning slowly around, he saw Albacer walking down the hill toward him. A tall man at his side. They stopped in front of him, their faces dark in the sun. Here he is, said Albacer. The tall man at his left made the greeting sign of one noble to another. Lord Kijim, he said, returning the sign, Mr. Kemper said, Lord Gutis. Lord Gittris said, I hate to do this, you know that. We were friends once. I hope you won't try to resist. I told Elbrasar I wouldn't. Together you're considerably stronger than I am. I'd be a fool to try anything. That's smart of you, said Gittris. Now, let's get to business. Elbrasar says you wouldn't tell him the location of your time rift. Is this true? Certainly. There's a noble answer to a scientist. But of course I'll tell you, Idris. The time rift is down there, behind the hedge, opposite the lion cage. All signs of friendliness left Gertrude's face. He spun and gave orders. Oh, my sir, you heard him. Go down there and see if he's telling the truth. I'll stand guard over him. And keep the mind block tight. Albacer nodded and went down the steps. Mr. Kemper tested the vice that pressed against his mind. It held much too well. Gutteris was looking at him reproachfully. Really, Jim, yours is conduct unbecoming a noble. If you had to murder somebody, why did it have to be a scientist? And then all this forcing your own rift into the time pattern. The nobles are unhappy with you, Jim. You know... I don't regret any of it, said Mr. Kemper, watching Elbacer moving close to the crowd by the cages. Tell me, how's the hunting back home? Not too bad. I got some fine hawks a while back. I still wish I could handle cats the way you do instead of... What's wrong with the crowd in front of the old cage down there? Mr. Kemper said. It's past three o'clock. Below them, a big man pushed through the crowd toward Elbacer, shouting... There's a guy told me you would be here. There's a faker. Obasher hesitated, looked around, and stopped. The big man caught Obasher's shoulder and jabbed a finger against his chest. The crowd moved toward them. Curtis said, He's in trouble. He's as good as dead right now, Kemper said. Curtis stared down at the crowd, then at Kemper. Slowly he shot a warning thought to Obasher, who caught it. As he did, the pressure ceased lightly from Kemper's mind. It was enough. Kemper lashed out against Gertrude's block. They stood there, minds twisting in combat. Then, as Alvasher was hemmed in by the crowd, his support weakened, and Gertrude fought alone. 
Slowly but inexorably, he was forced back and out. And Kemper's mind went free. Curtis's face was haggard. Good God, Jim, he said. Look at Albasher. You can still help him. I'm not holding you. Curtis looked wildly at him, then ran, bounding down the steps two at a time. He came toward the crowd and began shouting at Albasher. Kemper saw the concentration on his face and knew he was trying to control the crowd. It was then that Mr. Kemper closed his eyes. First he shut out the world around him. The dim sun on his ears, the smells of dusty summer and popcorn, the sounds of the small wind and the people. In the blackness of his mind he saw the lion court, each bar of the cage and the yellow lions inside it, the crowd and the two dark men. Then he made a picture of the bars loosening at the top of the cage and at the bottom, and the entire section of the cage.